you with Kirk, dog. I'm him who you with Kirk, dog. Um, Miss Kincaid is in the house. I'll be bringing on in just a minute. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, go ahead and like the page, share it with your friends as we get this show started. Get your questions together. She's here to talk about mental health tonight. Some of the stuff that's been going on in the news that may be causing you to be stressed out from um, all the stuff that is going on in the news, the COVID-19, uh, the racial people uh, that we having to deal with on a regular basis. So <clears throat> I'm going to bring her in right now. Miss Kim K, welcome back to the show. Hey, hi Curtis, how you doing? Thank you, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule for no problem helping us out tonight. Um, My pleasure. I appreciate. It. I know it's been a a lot going on uh, just yeah. in the last couple of days, and mm -hmm. I had Miss Dion Dion Simmons on a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, people were saying that they was um scared to leave their house. Okay. And now just over the weekend, um actually overnight, uh this happened on Fourth of July where this young man going out to a lake with his friends and all of this and almost got lynched. And as a black man that's real scary that you go yeah. out to have a good time and you come across some people that try to lynch you and we're to the point today you don't feel outside don't feel safe enough to go outside of your home i know i've talked to a lot of guys and talked to a lot of people in general and that's been the issue that we've been having quite a bit how can we deal with stuff like this because Racism is alive and well in 2020. Uh, we see it. We see the Karens. We see everybody that's talking about uh, all lives matter, but it don't make a difference when it comes down to black lives. Yeah. Like, for instance, the couple that was painting black life, uh, lives matter on the street, and someone said, well, if you're saying all lives matter, black lives matter too. And he said in the video, no, it don't. So I just want to know as a black man, how can we deal with this um, on a daily basis? We already was kind of tense because the color of our skin basically uh, were a target. So help help me out and help, help the people out on how we can deal with this. Curtis, it's so hard. You know, it, it, you know, there's no simple solution because it's um, systemic racism, you know, is embedded in our um, the foundation of how this country was founded, founded, per se. You know, so and it's fear, you know, from. Others that, you know, that they're they're afraid and, and that's why they're they're trying their hardest, in, in, you know, to not allow us to be heard. They don't, they don't want us to be heard. They're, they're, they're afraid. You know, I remember, um, a young man telling me one time, a neighbor, he had a white neighbor 
and he um he his neighbor told him he got gun this was way before um you know all covid-19 and all this happened he said he had a bunch of guns and he told him and and it was a brother um that was talking to his white neighbor and the white neighbor told him that he felt as though um one day we were going to get them back <laughs> you know and so he was arming up he felt like we were going to one day just um do to them you know give them the same treatment that they've given us and so it, it that kind of mentality you know how do you really go against that you know because you don't know who's even thinking that your neighbor that smiles at you every day you know how is that neighbor thinking so i think that you know we we have to be always have a common place always to come to you know we do meditation do breathing exercises it it doesn't make what's going on go away but it it does help us to kind of find some kind of balance in this all this craziness because um african american men have been going through this since we've been here you know you know they they they've always be belittled you know they you know systemic racism has caused um the united states the the, the world really to look at us as inferior and so you know you just have to always know you know and, and keep yourself um girded up keep yourself you know affirmed you know knowing who you are as a man you know and knowing that what they're saying is lies you know you you got to know what's untrue it's frustrating but you got to keep your truth yeah we know it's not a lie because if if they took the time just to sit down and talk with us it can change a different but because they feel that we're bigger, faster than them in sports or whatever. We excel at everything. Yeah. So that's a threat to them. And even like in in NASCAR, because they was exposed about having the noose there, then all of a sudden they all just mad at everybody. So it, it's really frustrating to to look at some of these stories and and a lot of times charges are very hard to come up on them. You know, like I said, fear is making them act like that, but that's also learned behavior. They, they grew up with that type of thought thinking that um, people of color are inferior to them. They're, that they're superior. Um, they it's ingrained in them. And so you say talk, there are some people now who are having, having a light bulb come on, um, with um, George Floyd, finally the light bulb came off on. Oh, y'all are treated um, differently. But we've been how long have we been saying that? Exactly. You know. So now, so, and that's only some. That's not all because we see that. You know, just like the incident about the lynching this weekend, we're seeing that a, a lot of people are still still have that mindset. It's a whole lot of people. You know, white power. They're not understanding that we're we're you know, we're we're not trying to discount them as a person. We're just trying to let you know that we're equal to you. Exactly. So, and I'm I'm just frustrated when I and I I try to do what y'all tell me to do. Disconnect. Pray. Sometimes. <laughs> I always pray. Pray I always about pray. it. Mm-hmm. And I want to appreciate a good friend of mine. She sent me a song, um, the OJ's pr- uh, prayer. Uh, yeah. Rhonda Jackson, thank you. And I sent her a message. I said, look, 
Lord, God is really using you because I needed this at this moment. So, um, but I know girded up. We do. We just have to stay girded up and know who we are, you know, and know that, you know, that we are powerful people, because if we didn't have any power, they wouldn't be trying to, you know, to beat us down. You know, if we, if we wasn't, you know, that we if we hadn't excelled in so many different areas. You know, they they know if they let us have a piece of the pie, you know, it's no stopping us. So they have to have boundaries. You know, they have to have very they may let somebody slide in here and there, but um, they they know the power that we have and, and, and the tenacity that we have, you know, you know, and that that we once you give us a task that we excel in it. OK. Also, if you have a question for Miss Kincaid, please. Send it in the chat. You can chat live with us while we're on the show live. And I will read the question out and, and uh, she will be able to answer it for you. Don't wait until the last minute because she's doing me a favor coming on this late. She's been working all day. So, hey, I have to be mindful of her time. If, if I'm not, she may say, no, I'll stay on too late. <laughs> <laughs> get your question in early so um i'm gonna try to keep her on at least an hour and then um we may keep the show going even after she get off because this is a lot that we have to deal with and people are doing so many crazy things right now uh -huh. the biggest thing is the racism but not only the racism but we have to deal with the pandemic and yeah. here it is in Dallas County, it's like 1,200 new cases today, which is really bad. I seen a um, a post this morning, a young lady wrote, I'm not going to say her name, but um, she got it. And when she had it, it was like, she said every time she took a breath, Mm. Like glass was going into her lungs. Wow. And then I seen where she posted something a little bit later, and she said, even after 30 days, she's still testing positive. Mm. Okay. So the coronavirus, I say it all the time, it's real. It's, it's real. It's real. It is so real. real. Matter of fact, yeah. uh, uh, right before you came on, I seen on online that Mara Keisha Lance Bottom have tested positive. I saw that. I saw a pop up of that. Yeah, and she didn't have no signs of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so it's and I remember her talking probably over a month, month and a half ago, and she talked about her concern for herself and her family in regards to the um, coronavirus. I remember seeing her, um, she was on line with um, three or four different African-American mayors. And she talked about the fear, you know, that she has to be on the forefront, but she's also fearful about what's gonna happen with, you know, what's happening with her family. And look, she has, she's testing positive. You know, a friend of mine said, it's not no longer about who's gonna get um, COVID nineteen. She said it's about when when, when we gonna when we gonna get it. When well, we're gonna get it, first. Yeah. So the best thing to do is try to protect yourself at all times, just like they say in in boxing. 
Yeah. Protect yourself at all times. If you have to go out, wear a mask, limit to where you're going, and don't don't go hanging out with your family members. Right. Um, right. Especially uh, in a big crowd. You know, we saw this weekend for the 4th of July, people were gathering together and huge crowds. None of us want to be isolated at home, you know, but in, if, if for us to have some type of normalcy, or to get some back back some of our normalcy, we're gonna have to do something in order to, to get the reward. And um and and so many people are not doing it. You know, they're just not even when they open up the bars, you know, it was they were crowded. They told them what, fifty percent? And it looked it looked to me, it looked like a hundred percent, you know, majority of the time. And some of them were shut down because of it. You know, nobody wants to stay in place, but we know in order for this to, you know, coronavirus to get under control, because now it's not even under control anymore. In order for it to get under control, we're going to have to stay in place. We're going to have to wear our masks. We're going to have to not be around a whole lot of people. You know, we're going to have to wash our hands. Those are things that you're just going to have to do. Exactly. So I know um, my wife was telling me, um, Last night on on her way home from work. Hey, Tracy. <laughs> she's working. She's working. Um, but I tell her you said hello. Um, <laughs> but she was saying that um um coming home, she passed by a place off of 35 over in Dallas and mm. said it was packed like it w- it wasn't no uh limitation on the amount of people that was there. And that's one of the biggest problems. I seen a video earlier. I don't know when it came out, but uh, somebody shot a video, and I guess it was over the weekend in Atlanta. They had a pool party, mm-hmm. and that was just packed, and they didn't have no mask. And the person was like, "I know it's Corona up in here. I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to protect yourself. The club in Fort Worth that had a concert, and I understand. Trust me, I understand. Uh, being a small business, you have yeah. to oh yeah, have I'm to there. Get that income coming in. Yeah, but do it the right way. Right. I think if a lot of these restaurants, bars, if they keep it at the limit, fifty um, percent or whatever, do it like that, you'll be okay. But I see people putting on Instagram, Facebook, they at bars and restaurants and the like clubs and everything else. And I'm like, no, this is not good. That's, that's the problem. Is that, you know, that that's the mentality that I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to allow the government to um, tell me. And, and, and they're getting it a, a lot of times from our officials, you know, that are not abiding by the laws. They're, they're feeling like, you know, if the president is not going to wear a mask, why I have to wear a mask, you know, but the president is not right and not wearing his mask. So, you should be um, wearing your mask, you know, and then it's not just you. If you, you go back home to somebody, then you're, you can spread it to that person. If, you know, there was a family that had a, a gathering for somebody's 30th birthday party. 18 of them wind up getting it. The fa- the grandfather is not doing well. The grandmother, um, the, I think she got out the hospital finally, but the grandfather's not doing well, you know, so there is so many you know, stories in regards to people are regretting now that they did go ahead and go out. You know, there's so many people regretting it. So 
it, it's really hard to look at the news this day and time and also yeah. look at um, um, social media because you hear about all these different stories. Right. Um, it's, it's like, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. It so, is. It's a lot. But you know, I, I, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe God has his hand on it, you know, and God is, a, you know, shaking us up, you oh, know, it, 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 yeah, that he's letting us know that you really don't have any control and, and bringing attention to our, the, the, you know, the divisiveness in this world. Um, you know, he's, we just seeing so many things at one time. It, it's, it's like surreal. It's coming from all different directions. Yeah, it's coming from all kinds of different directions. You see, you know, racism. We seeing COVID nineteen. You know, you you just seeing all kinds of things. You seeing people losing their jobs. You know, you're seeing companies closing. You know, you're we're just seeing so many different things. You know. Yeah, and then also we, like you said, our leaders. I've said it before. He's not right. He's mm-hmm. not right. Even our local leaders here in Texas is not right. Right. Um, Governor Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, um, I forgot the. Yeah. Um, Neither one of them are right because when they made a big fuss about the salon owner and went back and opened up the change his executive order just to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, face the 5 8 jail time, that's wrong. Right. It's wrong. And then when there was two um, Hispanic young ladies that were already in jail and nothing was done, that 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 showed you the um, the bias, the racism, because yes. those ladies were already in jail before she was even um, um, sent to jail. They they were already there, but they never did anything. But when they saw that she was going, then the, the I mean, you changed the whole law in the state, not just you know what you, you changed the state law for her. And now guess what? She's turning against them because exactly. she, she she's going to bars and helping them, you know, try to get open. So now, you, you know, you've given her the power and, and she's using it against you. Now, the very thing that you're telling the bars to close, she's saying she's going to go help bars open. And I, I believe I believe it's a political move. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years you don't see her trying to run for her office somewhere. Okay. Uh, um, but before that happened, I've actually talked about the story with the two ladies down in Laredo. And I was like, okay, it was probably about a week and a half, two weeks before. And then when that happened, I'm like, all right. Then other people start picking up on the story. And I actually reached out to one of the young ladies. We were texting back and forth. Okay. But as soon as it came out that she was giving her some money. I had the wrong number. Oh, really? Yeah. And so okay. some people you could pay off and keep moving, but yeah. that's not me. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and and even during this time, even though we're dealing with the pandemic, dealing with uh, the racism, people still having to deal with family members passing away. Yeah. Some are due to the coronavirus, some are due to other issues. Right, right. And that's that's another issue that is that is struggling. People are struggling with. So if, once again, please 
if you have a question for Miss Kincaid, go ahead and send your question in because don't wait until uh, 8.50 then start sending all the questions in. So, because she may not be able to get to all of them. But that's something that people are having to deal with. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. It just really is a lot. Just imagine... Um, you can't even be by your loved one's bedside or maybe one person, um, some hospitals are allowing one person now to come in where before you, no one could come in. Um, but just imagine not being able to comfort that person um, during their transition, you know, period, not being able to, you know, say the words. You, you, you may be able to say it, you know, via, you know, um, FaceTime or, or, you know, a video. But you're not really able to touch that person, you know, and touch is so important and, and, and not being able to really look at that person and, and, and let them know, you know, how you're feeling and let and for them to allow you to know, you know, uh, there was a, a man that came. He, he was in the hospital, I think, 30 days with COVID. And he said that was the hardest thing was his um, not being able to talk to his family. You know, it, it just was so hard not to. So just imagine someone um, passing away and the nurses, they're they're breaking down because they're they're being the liaison, you know, in between the family and the patient. And, you know, they're listening to family members breaking down and crying. And, you know, and I'm, I'm praying that um, those front, you know, the people on the front line, that they, they're getting help. You know, right. You know that they're getting some kind of therapy because they have been put in a position that they probably never imagined that they would be in. Yes. With this COVID-19, you know, and and of the fear of just catching it themselves, you know, and, you know, I really, really applaud them for um, being out there in the forefront because, you know, it's a battle and um, and it's a dangerous battle at that. Like playing Russian roulette, yeah. and, I, and I think a lot of it could have been avoided. Oh yeah. If oh. if our leader, the first mistake he did was, uh, uh, he said up front, "Oh, it's not that serious." But then you have people that's following him. Oh, it's not that serious, and that's the only thing they say. But then you turn around. Oh, I'm not going to wear a mask, man. Uh, Mike Pence, neither one of us is going to wear a mask. And then what happened? Pence, he's wearing a mask. I kind of find out his son, girlfriend, was tested positive over the weekend. That's Trump. Trump's, yeah, Trump's, Trump's son mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. tested positive over the weekend. And all these people close to him are testing positive. Yeah. But he's still saying it's not that serious. Then you make a I'm trying not to, trying not to go too far off, but you go to Arizona over the weekend and talking about uh, 40 million tests been done and and 99 percent of them come back clear and all of this, and I'm like, it's, it's lies, and and you know you expect that from him, but his base because they don't want to fact check, they don't want to believe anything different. They go with him, you know, because even Herman Cain, he was with him in Tulsa. He's now in the hospital, you know, and this is someone who has had cancer before. How careless are you to um, be in that situation or put yourself in that situation? And and it's not just you. Um, it's, it's also 
affecting your family. It's not just about you. It's about your family members as well. So now Herman Cain's family is having to worry about yeah. him in the hospital, you know, and, and, and it is so selfish. It's such a selfish act to me, you know, but it's a defiance that I, we're not, the government is not going to tell me what to do. And um, I don't care who gets sick. Cause many of them have said that, you know, uh, there was a, a guy out knowing that he was, I think in the sixth day of um, being um, supposed to be at home sixth day. And he, he went out to a party this weekend. Mm. Yeah. And it's cause he just wanted to get out. He said he was sick of being in the house. Well, I guess he's sick of living also. Yeah. Um, but then you don't care about anybody else, all those people that were around him, because he was he was at some someplace and it was several people around him. Yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. Um uh, welcome to the show, Latonya Holloway, uh Andrea Jones, uh Nick Cole. Welcome to the show. Uh Latonya actually sent in a uh, message. She said maybe COVID affect the brain. I think he had a little brain damage before he got into office. Uh <laughs> That's just a lot of brain damage. Yeah, got a little, a lot of brain damage before you got in the office. That's my yeah. opinion of it. Um, uh, like I said, share share the video with your friends. Um, uh, like us on Facebook, YouTube, um, Periscope, Twitter, and uh, Twitch, and share it with your friend. Send your chats in. I will read the questions online. Um, and if you have some concerns other than what we're talking about, dealing with mental health, definitely send your question in. And um, we will get a answered. That's the reason why Miss Kim K took time out of her schedule. Uh, she came home after her last client. <laughs> and, and she had to grab her bite to eat. And I'm like, we're talking. I'm like, wait a minute, are those greens? I'm like, oh, greens look good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, what are those, those are some nice looking greens, right? They were good. They were good. They were outstanding. They were outstanding. Sucking a bell. Yeah. And you know, during this time too, um, Curtis, a lot of people are depressed, you know. Yes. They're depressed having to stay in the house. So so many of my friends have told me, you know, I'm having some real down moments, you know. And I told them to walk in that moment, you know, don't discount that you're having those moments, you know, that, you know, you're, you're feeling sad, you know, you're, you're feeling listless. You feel like, you know, what can I do? You know, I don't have any control, you know, on what's actually going on. You know, I can't sleep or I'm oversleeping, you know, I can't eat or I'm overeating, you know, and all of those are signs of um, depression, okay. you know, all of those, uh, I see this. <laughs> they uh, time to go back to the place where you were when, when you were able to write. You know, when, when when you were able to write, what was going on, and what made what happened when you couldn't um, write anymore? What what events would, that was happening around you? Is the events about COVID nineteen? You know, is it is it those events? Is it some kind of something that happened in your family? You know, is it something, you know, that, that just some, some kind of event that kind of happened? A lot of times, you know, something come overcomes us and you get that type of, you know, I can't even think anymore. You know, I, I can't think in that realm anymore. 
And sometimes what you may have to do is just disconnect from everybody, cut your phone off, TV off, and just focus on what you're writing. Um, As for me, or move away from it for you know a day or two, a week, and then come, you know, let yourself, let your mind be able to kind of relax and try, like like you said, Curtis, try to look at things that are positive, you know, that are encouraging. Versus because if you look at the news now. It you know it, it can be really really disheartening. Yes, it can be. And um, we was talking off air um, after the show last night. I seen where this young man, I forgot his name, it flew my mind. But I want to say back on June twenty eighth, he was found hanging from a tree, mm-hmm. and that's that's. Uh, uh, really depression as as a black man. Yeah. And, and I could just imagine what the family, the parents are going through and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's really nerve wracking when you see this on a constant base. At first you hear stuff, but even after George Floyd, it's like everything is going on right now. More and more cases are coming up. You seen the racist one in um, is it Joliet, Joliet, um, Illinois, where a a detective wind up turning them in. Yes. Um, His other um, um, fellow officers, and he said he he just could not hold any. I think it happened in January, and he said he couldn't hold it, and they stuffed a baton down his you know throat. I mean, what okay. type of people? Is that the same one where the oh, yeah. where the officer held the guy knows for a minute and thirty eight mm-hmm. seconds? Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. is really it's yeah. unnecessary. Slapping yeah. them in the face, hitting yeah, them, calling them a bee, you know, and all of that. And the officer, you know, he turned he turned it in. He, you know, and so and I'm glad he did because that's really what's needed. The code that they have, it needs to be broken because it is cause, you know, I'm loyal to I'm a loyalist. You know, I'm I'm loyal. But wrong is wrong and right is and, and right is right. And that's ingrained in them. That brotherhood, it you know, it it, it shouldn't be you can't you even if you're my brother, if you wrong, you wrong. I you know I I've always said that to my child, to my grandkids. If you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, admit that you admit that you're wrong. You know, but when you think you're better than me, and you think because I may use drugs that I, I I'm not worth anything, you know, you treat me a particular way, or you know, nobody's really because you haven't been getting caught in the past. But even now that you are getting caught and things are in the forefront, you're still bold enough. You know, that man putting his neck on George Floyd's, um, I mean, his knee on George Floyd's neck. I mean, that he was showing he had power, you know, and two of those young men, I think they had just been on the job, what, a week or two, you know, so they said they couldn't really, you know, they felt like they couldn't say anything, you know, but right is right and wrong is wrong. 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 I'm glad I wasn't there because I I'm not going to stand by and look at something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Do something. At least make him get off his neck for a while. Yeah. Um, 
I think in California, it happened again. And um, the officer, a, a, a young man was yelling, get off of him. You know, um, get, you, you're killing him. And another officer came over and um, pushed him off. You I'm know, a, I posted a story um, earlier today, which I did it a couple of days ago. But it's a, a video or a picture of a cop standing on this guy's neck and I forgot what city it was. Um, I try to reach out to them earlier, but of course, um, voicemail. So I don't too much like leaving messages right. uh, for the simple fact they won't definitely won't call you back then. So um, so it's, it's definitely uh, uh, yeah, Tanya, we actually discussed that earlier she just sent me a the link on the attempted lynching that happened in uh and uh it's bloomington illinois and i've actually have reached out to the uh da i emailed her i did get an email back saying that uh yeah you got to show up on time uh, <laughs> saying that um <laughs> that She's aware of this situation and she's letting the uh, other department investigate it. And if any charges should be filed, they will be filed. But the problem I have is you have witness of this. In the video, they yelling white power. They're going off on the people that's telling them to stop in this video. And when they call you on Saturday, you said it's not enough evidence to make an arrest. I don't know what you was thinking about or anything else, but if you have uh, tons of witness out there and you have um, video evidence, what more do you need to see? Mm-hmm. You think it's Photoshop? Someone did a a car, cartoon on it or something. Welcome to the show, Byron Bell. Uh, thank you for watching. Um, so it's definitely that system is messed up. Oh yeah, that's why it's it so be re- reformed fully yeah. from the bottom up. It, it has to be reformed. This system has to be, and that's the reason why. We have to get out and vote. Yes. That's where your laws are made. Because if you had a person that was for, truly for the people, once they hear witness and heard what was going on, that would have been enough. And video evidence, they don't care. Should, should have been arrested immediately. Yeah. No. And, and unfortunately, some of us are in these positions. But they don't want to take a stand on it. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why I say that, um, that incident with the little girl that was hit with by the hit getting off the bus, hit and killed, uh, Amari Broxton, I believe her name. And before I talked to that mayor today, I called the city council woman. Mm-hmm. And I was nice. I was talking to her and 
She said she had a little time, but as soon as I asked about that case, <laughs> she started, started stuttering. Uh, uh, I gotta go. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I said, "Well, I just want to find out what is going on with it." She said, "Well, I'm at work. I gotta go. Uh, I can't talk right now." I said, "Well, could you at least call me back when you get a chance?" Uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Really? I gotta go. Now she's the only minority from what I can see working in that elected official. Mm-hmm. So it's not just um some of some of our white brothers and sisters, but sometimes it's some of us that mm-hmm. is in our position. We've been brainwashed. Yes, because they hold a title. And they because, because she's in Mississippi she don't want to speak on it, even though right. she know it's not right. Now, right. The mayor, now, the mayor told me, he said, I welcome all calls about it. Okay. And I was surprised um, when I ca- called and asked to speak to him. First, they said he was at lunch. I said, okay. I called back. I called back. She said, oh, yeah, he's back. Hold on. That's an open-door policy. That's a real open-door policy. Exactly. And he, your, you know, constituents or, you know, just talking to, to anyone that, you know, wants information, you're not hiding behind um, something, you know, hiding behind the apartment, hiding behind, you know, whatever you're hiding behind, you're not doing it. Exactly. So, and he said, look, if anybody want to call, talk to me about him, I will talk to them. And he was very nice about it. Okay. And he said, hey, I agree with you. It should have been charges for a long time ago. Now, he did say the second time the grand jury out, they almost had enough votes for for an indictment and they was off by a couple of votes or whatever so and I actually put uh, put what he told me on the post reposted it and also put the DA uh, name and phone number on there okay. because he said um, I don't know what they're doing in that office I don't know if it's the way that he's trying to argue this case but for some reason they won't do it. And I asked him, I said, do y'all have the same law like every other sta- uh, states? Um, if a school bus have its lights on, stop sign mm-hmm. out, you can. Yeah, that's, it's, and, yeah. and he said, yes. Oh, yeah. He oh, said, yes. And when I heard about it, she should have been arrested immediately. Mm-hmm. And yes. So I'm like, okay, um, I deal with that. But, but people have protest you know if that's what it takes you know for to get everybody's attention you know because until you told me about that Curtis I really hadn't heard about it you know so it may be a matter of people having to um, protest you know because it seems like that's what's getting the attention now you know people shouting yelling screaming because trying to be you know quiet is just not working you know and these senators um you know, Congress people, president, governors, you know, they're here for us, but they don't act like most of them, though. I'm not going to say all of them, but the majority, no, I, I've written to um, Senator Cornyn many times. And I just found out this weekend, if you don't donate to him. <laughs> I heard that. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that if you don't donate to him, he won't answer you. I'm like, really? 
I mean, he doesn't even acknowledge, you know, th that they received the um, email. They don't even acknowledge it. And where is that coming from? You know, it's because you're so comfortable and this is a Texas is per se a red state, you know, that we trying to turn blue that, um, you know, you're, you're so um, in cahoots with the powers that be that you don't care about us. I mean, and that's what it says. You don't really care about us. And I read today that the legislature is really not happy with what um, Governor Abbott here has been doing. And he hasn't been consulting them. He has been making those decisions on his own between him, Dan Patrick and Paxson. And they are always talking about they have, you know, their um, doctors and scientists, you know, together. But the legislature is now is kind of pushing back and saying, you know, this should be coming by us as well. Exactly. But you don't hear that out in the public. You know, I just happened to read, come across an article that talked about it. Welcome to the show, Miss Kelly. Um, she's also tuning in on Facebook. Um, I, if you have any question for Miss Ken K, she is a licensed counselor. So definitely uh, send your question in. This is the time to do it. Um, I told her I'm going to be mindful of her time. Because normally by this time she's winding down <laughs> talking to her counselor. <laughs> so, but she's agreed to come on and and help us out with my pleasure with mental health or any other issues that you may be having dealing with the pandemic, the racism that is going on mm -hmm. in 2020, or you may be dealing with grief. So mm -hmm. this is the time to do it. Um, it. Just whatever is on your mind, this is the time to take advantage of the help. That's the reason why she come on here and she will answer your question live. Um, but other than that, it's, I'm just like, man, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired. It's time. I'm, I'm tired because it's like, okay, this weekend, I I really limit how much time I spent on social media. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've always watched the news. Even as a child, I paid attention to the news to see what's going on. But now it's getting hard to even watch that because you, yeah, look, at news, yeah, you look at the news and it's like, 1,200 new cases today in Dallas County. Mm -hmm. I talked to my sister earlier in Georgia and she said it's the same thing also. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. said their case numbers are going up wow. and it's because people won't respect the fact we have, we have to stop doing what we're doing if you want better mm -hmm. because if not, it's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And that's all that's going to happen is going to get worse. And eventually what's going to happen, I've said last week, I feel like probably by the end of the week, they're going to be talking about shutting everything down again. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do anything. So we go to the store, you know, you know, because it, it is going to have to, I'm with you, Curtis. It's going to have to get, something's going to have to change. Um, in Houston, he said before the last two weeks, it used to be one in every 10 people tested that was positive. He said now it's one in every four. four. Yeah. I so, see. I mean, that, that's a big difference. That's one in every four. And plus they're testing more, you know, which is, is great. 
but it's showing that these numbers and so many people have told me I was sick in January, you know, and I think I had, you know, you know, they wasn't even talking about this per se, you know, and I think I had COVID, you know, many people have told me that they were sick in like December or January, February time, and they feel like they had COVID. I think they said even all the way back to October, November or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. uh, They basically would tell you you had an upper respiratory infection. Mm. That was it. So it is getting worse. They said different type of COVID is coming out and they're seeing different strains of it. So as a people, we need to protect ourselves. Wear your mask. If they tell you stay at home, if you don't have to get out, uh, don't get out. Uh, Latanya actually says she think, and she had it back in November. Okay, okay, yeah. So a real good friend of mine, he put it on Facebook, I guess, last month. And he said um, he had it. And at least he, he, he did the right thing. He actually said, hey, if you've been around me, I have tested positive. Please go get tested. Mm-hmm. Please go get tested. If you test positive or if you've been exposed to it, and if you're not living by yourself, everybody in that house need to get tested. Yes, yes, yes. They need to get tested, and also they need to um, quarantine yeah. just to be on the safe side until the test yeah. results come back. Right. Um, they- because if you don't, it's going to spread. It's, it's, it's even with the mask on, you know, you already have it, you know, and you may be going somewhere and feeling comfortable not to wear your mask, you know, at a friend's house. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it, they don't know, really know. I guess it really depends on what you was doing before you got it. What right. type of health you was in. Right. If you're not used to taking your vitamins and stuff like that, it's really not going to help you that much. Yeah. But for me, I, I take my vitamins uh, and one of my doctors told me, no, hey, take a vitamin E. He mm-hmm. said, that'll help it because if you get, uh, if if you're not getting enough of uh, vitamin D, not an E. If you're not getting enough sunlight, that can cause you being made possibly getting it. So he told me to take an extra vitamin D, and I said, okay, cool. So, Curtis, they don't know about coronavirus. They they don't. Strains are coming out. They don't know. They every time we they're guessing. You know, they they know some. I'm not gonna say guessing about everything, but they it's still you know, open to, you know, exploring because they just don't know. They they keep on coming. They came up with like five more symptoms um, last week, you know, added to the ones that they already had, you know, because they're seeing different things, different people, you know, and African-American people of color, they are being um, subjected to it more because a lot of us have underlying conditions and also, I'm not saying all healthcare, but we, you know, studies have shown that we're treated different. Exactly. You know, we're treated different at the hospital. They think we can tolerate pain more. 
they think African, you know, it, it's, it's a, um, it, it was a, a study that came out it, and, it, and it's, it was a textbook for doctors and it showed uh, where, what Asians, you know, what their beliefs and African-Americans, Hispanics, and, and they were t basically telling their doctors the base, um, um, how they treat a person by, you know, their, you know, who they are, you know, their ethnicity, ethnicity. Yeah. yeah. And because they feel like, if, yeah, feel like if you're black or Hispanic, you don't have the money to pay for it. And um, um, so you definitely do whatever you can to protect yourself. Um, that's all we could do. Um, Latanya said, yeah, they didn't give me a diagnosis. They just told mm -hmm. me to keep taking my supplements. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They didn't know really about COVID-19 in November. Sure didn't. No, they wasn't calling it that. You know, it, like I said, it, it probably was that, but they, they wasn't calling in November. So that's that's why they told you that. To keep on taking your supplements. And I'm glad you're okay, Latanya. That, you know, you came, you made it through because everybody doesn't make it through. You know, exactly. Everybody and, and it's young and old, you know, a 20 year old passed away the other day. You know, there was a child that I think one time was seven that passed away. So, you know, this virus is lethal. It can be lethal. There, and there are a lot of success stories. There there are. But, you know, like I said, you, that's Russian roulette. You don't know if you're going to be that, um, um, you know, you don't know if you're going to be that success story. You know, you don't know if you're going to need that ventilator. There was a um, actor, Nick, I think, Kadora, something like that. And I've been following him because his wife has been, you know, putting things up about him. And he passed away today, 90 way, 91 days battling um, COVID-19, got his legs cut off. They were just, you know, and he just never got better, you know. And, and his wife said he was healthy. He didn't have any underlying conditions. I think he was 40 years old. He didn't have any type of underlying conditions. So this disease... Or oh, this virus doesn't have a name. You know, it doesn't go to particular people. It, anybody can catch it. Exactly. Uh, so we definitely need to um, do whatever we can to protect ourselves. One of the best things we can do, of course, take your vitamins. Get with your doctor. Make sure mm -hmm. you can if you have some underlying condition. And get with your doctor. Take your vitamins. If you have to go out, wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, if you have to go to the grocery store, please don't take the whole household to the grocery store. Right, right. Uh, just one person. And if you know somebody that is older or high risk, call and check up on them. Mm -hmm. Call and check up on them. Make sure they okay. Um, check up on, if you know somebody who is single that live by themselves, mm -hmm. check up on them also because right. they may not be communicating to you on exactly how they feel but they may mess around and fall in a deep depression oh, especially yeah. if they're in a household by themselves mm -hmm. you never know um how they may feel welcome to the show carolyn thank you for watching um so it's definitely um uh things that you can do and and just by making a phone call, a text, a FaceTime, whatever it is, reaching out to that person, you can make a difference. Right. Oh yeah, a lot of different feelings. Yeah. Um, and then and then if if you're in a place where you're feeling, go outside, even walking down the block, you know, put your mask on, just get in some air, 
you know, a lot of time does a wealth of, of good. Just getting some air, walking, getting some sun, you know, and not just in your backyard. Your backyard is OK, but sometimes just strolling down to the stop sign, you know, you know, just doing something, um, you know, that for, for yourself, just to kind of build yourself up, because if you sit in that depression, I, depression gets deeper, deeper, deeper and deeper. You know, it, it, it spirals downward. You know, unless you're doing something to, you know, move it upward. Exactly. And uh, if you have questions, Miss Kincaid, have a couple of more minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the clock because I tell I'm gonna be mindful. Thank you. Um, so uh, if you have questions, definitely send them in. Don't wait until I start telling a good night and thank you for coming and try to send your question in because I'm. <laughs> I'm going to look right past them. So <laughs> this is the time to do it. And uh, I know a lot of people just not coming in now. But even if you have a question and she don't get a chance to answer tonight, uh, you can send me an email, who you with, Kurt, though, and I, at mail.com, and I will forward it to her. Um, no, I, see, I see you, brother. I'm going to bring you in in just a minute. Um I also have uh, one of my great friends who just chimed in. Uh, He's been on the front line doing some things. Okay. And, um, he's going to come in before we get off the show and uh, do some things. I think he's still trying to get ready. So <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I see the light in the room. So soon be ready. Uh, I will bring him in. Um Let's get back to the ADD mess that muted my brain. <laughs> All right, Tanya. Uh, it's not that it muted your brain. Uh, hold on. Let me let me welcome my good friend, my brother, my big brother, that always support me in everything I do. I know that's right. That's a, good, that's a good big brother. And, well, from different mamas, but but he also brother from another mother yeah, exactly <laughs> but also with him he's one of those types because when we first got married if i call him be like man what about this what about that and he's talking about what i did i'm like look you my friend <laughs> you my friend i'm not worried about uh, you my friend he didn't want to talk about it so i'm gonna bring him on reverend jerry smith hi reverend smith what uh-uh jerry I can't see you. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, his internet dropped. So he's oh. have, yeah, it dropped. So he's gonna come back in. Um, but the time you time I, she stopped taking her eighty meds. Yeah. <laughs> Did your doctor tell you to stop taking those ADD meds? And then you know, and also you know, Latanya, there's. Natural supplements. If you feel like if you've been diagnosed with ADD, there's sometimes now, not sometimes, all the time. I really, unless it's an extreme case, I always try to get my clients to take something natural first before um, doing anything synthetic, you know, or prescribed. You know, I always try to and exercise. You know, just doing natural things in order to, um, um, you know. I see you, brother. With that ADD, you know, to help with it because you know you have it. 
if, if you have it, you have it. But there are supplements and there are herbal supplements out there. And, and, and that there are so many remedies out there, oils, essential oils out there. Um, I use a lot of the Terra oils. Um, for cheer, I have one to cheer. I put that on every day, <laughs> you know, because it also it helps, you know, it helps to to get my rhythm flowing in in a positive direction, you know. And so, um, oils, supplements, things like that. Try to take it. Okay. Now okay. I'm gonna bring Reverend Jerry back in, and hopefully everything is good. Hold on. There you go. There you go. What's going on, big brother? How you doing? Doing good. I know I know you've been having a busy day today <laughs> with everything that is going on. Um yeah. So uh Say hey, um so definitely um I appreciate you for taking the time out. Like I said, y'all hear me talk about Reverend Jerry Smith all the time. Um him, his beautiful family, his queen that you celebrated twenty five years of marriage. Uh, renewed they file and it's that's my brother right there because okay. if I need anything need to talk he'll be like hey let's talk so okay. but uh, Jerry in Chicago Gary Indiana so you know we right there by Chicago so okay. uh, still have my allegiances <laughs> still have but, my memories but he's been in Texas long <laughs> enough so <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess I can still fit it. Yes, I can still fit it. <laughs> but uh, I was talking with him over the weekend, and I asked him if he could just come on and and just pray for the people for the simple fact that um, with everything that is going on um, in the world, all the racism the COVID, um, the grief that people are having to deal with. Um, and I asked them to come on if he could just uh, lead us in prayer because yeah. it, I know sometimes it's hard for me and I don't want to pray, but I force myself to pray. And and a lot of time my wife like, hey, well, we prayed together anyway. So she like, come on, let's pray. All right. I force it, but that's the reason why I had Jerry to come on tonight. And um, <clears throat> I know Miss Kincaid, we, we reached the hour, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely want prayer. Oh, I'm okay, prayer, sure. <laughs> All right, brother, if you could lead us, I really appreciate it. I sure will, man, and I thank you uh, just for having me on and just the, the encouragement. You know what I mean, and just. You know, my schedule is crazy, but I like it that way because there's so much work to do for the kingdom um, that we just we just got to work while it's day because uh, night is coming and I won't be able to work. Um, so I got to do uh, what I can, why I can, because it has to be, a, you know, a better future for my children. I, I refuse to leave this world, you know, in the current state that it's in um, without making a difference, without touching a life. And I appreciate you uh, for just loving me enough to keep encouraging and believing in me. Uh, so. Um, let us go to God in prayer. Lord, how we thank you today for you are so good to us. Uh, if you've looked beyond all of our faults and saw that we still need a savior, Lord, someone to uh, deliver us even from our very selves, Father God. Well, there are many times in our life we just don't know uh, what to do, Father God. So we just say thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf, Father. So when we stumble, when we fall, when we're angry, 
uh, when we don't do what you call us for us to do, Lord God, your grace and mercy are bounds fully up on us, Father God. So we just say thank you, Father God. Thank you. All the wonderful things you're doing through Curtis, through this ministry, Father God, that, that people will have a form to deal with the racism, deal with the, the financial struggles of COVID and being locked down, deal with the separation, Father God, deal with uh, people that act so hateful, deal with all the media that we see that's negative, Lord. So uh, let us turn, Father God, to the light which comes our help. Let us turn to the mountain, Father God, and seek after you, Father God. So uh, while it's yet day, Father God, let us work, Father God. I know we see a lot of things that's going on that are wrong in this world, Father. But let us use this as an example, Father God, that, that you want us to go to work, Father God. For many times in my life, you ministered to me personally, Lord, said, what do you see, Lord God? What do you see that needs help? What do you see that needs to be done, Father God? So I just thank you for giving me eyes to see and ears to hear all that you have for us, Lord. So continue to move, continue to encourage, Father God. All these things that we see, Father God, let us know that there's work for us to do. So we thank you for raising us up at such a time as this. We thank you for Curtis, Father God, and all of his guests and those that listen in and tune in. They'll listen later to the podcast, Father do like only you know how, and we'll give you all the praise and honor and glorious in Jesus the Christ. And we pray, Lord God, Amen. 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 Brother. Amen. Um, I appreciate it. Also, Miss um, Kincaid, uh, now you can you can hang out if you want to. Now, I'm hang out just a few more minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, are you still able to take more clients in? Okay, so we'll give out all your information before we get off, um, and we'll definitely do that. But, Brother Jared, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Oh, man, thank you. You're always on the front line with no matter what is going on, and you're always willing to serve. When I first met you 17, 18 years ago, it actually changed my life. Amen. when I came to the church, to Friendship West, um, came there, got involved in ministry, and he was the minister leader. Okay. That, that made a difference in my life because when mm-hmm. I came, I was I was toe up. I was going through a lot of personal things. So, and through him and all the members that was in on a mission at the time, they came around me, prayed for me. and. Mm-hmm. We work through ministry to get through a lot Amen. of this stuff. So right. I really appreciate it. Um Jarlene, so, was, Reverend, are, so Reverend, are you here? You at Friendship West now? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I yep, thought you were okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had the friendship well. Okay. Yeah, a lot of work to do. Amen. He's, he's here, but and y'all do a lot of work. <laughs> You know, have to. yeah, friendship with us is on the front line. Yeah. You just have to look at our people and love them. You know, I one thing that I, I, I just, you know, and I mean it, I refuse to die without touching some lives. I, I got to keep my hands on these boys, help these men be men. Mm-hmm. And we can turn this thing around, you know. So it's just, I mean, it's really my life's goal, you know what I mean? And I, I'm, I, if I'm going to die, I'd rather die working for the Lord, you know, no matter what. Amen. Yes. And he, I can spend a whole day and longer talking about Reverend Jerry because he don't only he didn't only change my lives, but there's a lot of uh, young sure. men that Diop that he changed their lives, and he's still doing it today. So whenever Jerry is around, 
no matter what's going on, he's the peaceful, the peaceful uh-huh. one out of everybody. So even when I came to Friendship West, um, we used to go down every Thanksgiving, the week prior, and then the night before Thanksgiving, we would spend a night downtown with the VIPs, the homeless, and um, we would minister all night. So that that's what changed my heart around because uh, because of what we was doing. That's the reason why I live by Matthew 25 and 40. Do it to, until the least of these as if you're doing it unto me. So I I really appreciate this, brother. I talk about him all the time on the show, but I'm glad y'all can finally see him, the ones that don't know him. But I'm just a servant. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. I'm a servant too. And and that's the type of spirit he is. He he just don't mind serving. Yeah. But I, I love service uh, and I love community as well. Yes. yes. So I really appreciate it. Um, Jerry, I don't know if um, you want to talk about it, what you was involved in today uh, and how people can sign a petition or not. I don't know if you could do that or not. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, we live in the Capella Park community and we have a fight going on with, you know, warehouses. They want to build really surrounding our community. And, and honestly, I'm just not having it. Um, land that's supposed to be um, in its zone, currently zoned for our residential and supposed to be phase two of our housing community. And they're uh, literally trying to um, change the zoning to build warehouses. And I'm, I, I'm just not having it and I'm going to do everything I can. Um, and I'm trying to get our community organized. And so far, we've had some great victories, but the battle's not over. Um, and I do have a petition out there. It'll be on Orrin Curtis' Facebook page. Um, you know, save Capella Park, because if we don't stop all these warehouses in the southern sector, every person that lives here will have a warehouse near their home. And, and it's, yeah. it's, it's just so disrespectful uh, to me that you would think that I would want a warehouse literally, I mean, for me, because it's, I'm on the edge of the property, it would literally be, I would open up my garage door and I would see a warehouse. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not having it, you know what I mean? And so uh, we were meeting with our council person. We met with him uh, a few weeks ago. We're contacting all of our city council members, the city planning commission. We have a, we have, we have a letter writing uh, campaign that we've been running yesterday and today, and I just got back in from that. Um, but you know, it's just this is our work for the Lord because if people don't have a place to live and stay, um, healthy place, not with pollution and trucks and forklifts, mm-hmm. um, there is a place for all of that, but it should not be next to homes and schools. And it's to me, it's just right. disrespectful because there are other parts of the city that we would not, uh, they don't, they wouldn't even think about doing this. And so, yes, I am infuriated. How I get infuriated, I don't, I don't do a lot of you know banging and throwing stuff, but. I'm very serious about, you know, protecting my neighborhood and my investment so that even when I'm gone, this will be a viable community for another family to come in. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, once he put it on my page, I will send it out. Please sign it. Uh, Can only, only people in your community sign it or no, anybody? My daughter in Houston signed it because okay. to me it's a. It's a phenomenon that's going on in a lot of middle class, lower middle class, African-American, Hispanic communities that they feel like, you know, we don't matter. And, and that's how I feel like you feel, to tell me um, I just built my built my house two years ago. And now you're telling me that somehow having a warehouse on the backside of my house is going to help my equity of my home. is just disrespectful. I mean, I, I wish I, I'll, I'll post a letter. 
because to read a letter was just truly disrespectful. And I responded as such. Um, but no one wants a warehouse back behind their home with trucks yeah. and forklifts. And, and who knows what's actually in the warehouse? Is it, is it a meat processing plant? I don't know, which brings all kind of other issues. Um, you never know what's in that warehouse. Or the, you know, and there's enough empty warehouses that they can on Mountain Creek Parkway that they can they can fill those up first. And there's a lot of other room down there in that in this final Mountain Creek Parkway on 20. Build them down there. Don't build them up here by Spur Fourway. Okay. Yeah. And, and by being a former truck driver, trust me, you don't want it next to a neighborhood. Because yeah. it's going to bring all type of people there. You're also going to have to deal with um, the pollution. Uh, yeah. The horns from the fork. Horns. Uh, yeah. Roads to them. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're also going to have to deal with um, uh, truck drivers because some of the warehouses do not have a restroom that truck drivers can go to. So now you're going to have to deal with uh, truck drivers peeing in a cup or something, pouring it out in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When it rain, get too hot, you're going to smell that. Yeah. And, and also, I've heard of some truck drivers having to go to the bathroom in a, in a trash bag because there's nothing around there to use it so now you have that type of pollution going on so it definitely should not be in that neighborhood especially before they purchased the house they said they was going to do a phase two and three and then you change your mind right so, more money exactly yeah so it's it's definitely um spending that type of money on the investment and then been told two years in, oh, we're going to do this now. Yeah. No, that's not. And, and we're up against some big heavyweights. You got uh, Ross Perot, who wants to go right next to me. And on the other side of him, Trammell Crow. Um, and so I but I I believe that Jesus is still on the throne. And, and I so, believe in our neighborhood solidarity. Right. I will not have a warehouse behind my home. I'm going to have a family that uh-huh. I can associate with and minister to and help out. Um, you know, I'm about to be an empty nester, so I don't want to be an empty nester with a warehouse behind my home. I want some, you know, some kids to minister to and some men to help. You know, how do we do a yard? You know, I, I want some families to help. I don't, I mean, I, I refuse to believe that. But we, we're going to we're going to keep rallying the troops to make sure that will not happen. Great, 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 great. So definitely, we would definitely put the information uh, on my page and Jerry, if you can email it to me also. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you an email link also, yes. And if um, if you cannot do it on the page, let me know. Send me an email and I will forward it to you for um, we can put a stop to this because a lot of these companies, like he said, they put companies like that in the southern sector of Dallas and we need to put a stop to it. Yeah. We need to let City Hall know that you're not finna move us out of our neighborhoods mm-hmm. to put warehouses, stuff that's gonna cause pollution that can cause health issues in the long run. Right. We're not gonna stand for that. So we as a people need to take a stand on it. Right. So once the link is on my page, definitely sign it. Um if you need for me to email it to you, I would do that also. But we need to take a stand on it. And it it just don't make sense to me. They should have thought about this before they start 
having people to spend uh, spend and investing in homes over there before you done this because you could have put the home somewhere else, but now no, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. How many signatures do you already have? Uh, around uh, it's around eight hundred and fifteen, I think the last count that I saw. Okay. This is really one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in the southern sector. I know I'm biased because I live here, but I mean, come to Capella Park, look at it, drive through. You know, it's, you got traffic circles which you rarely see um, in Texas. So you know, you got a, a tree line area which, as you come in, it's just so beautiful, and, and it's the topography and the birds. You know, I think the you know, when I first moved over here the first two months, my, my biggest issue was I can't sleep. I can't sleep because it's so quiet. It's so quiet. It's, just, it's unnerving me. I, I mean, I was I was off of Houston School Road in Red Bird uh, Lane um, in Singing Hills area. And I'm used to, you know, I'm right on the corner. So I'm used to people walking by, you know, saying whatever they say, uh, doing whatever they do, all kind of hours of the night. And so, I mean, my, my mind is just like it just it was missing all that noise. And so now that I found this, this solitude, this peace, this, this tranquil environment, I, I refuse to give it up. You should. I say fight it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta fight it. Mm-mm. So, uh, Reverend Jerry, we've been talking about um, uh, some of the stories in the news, the uh, racial story where the brother was almost lynched um, on 4th of July. Um, the young man in New Jersey that was found hanging from a tree. Um, also dealing with the Karens and COVID-19, the grief during this time. Um, and then our leaders, the lack of that we have, uh, leaders that we have from the White House all the way down to the State House. Uh, so if you want to hit on any of that, please feel free. Uh, and choice is yours. Well, I, I look at all of it and, and, and it looks daunting. You know what I mean? When you when you just I mean, if you just stack it all up, it looks daunting. But uh, I, I'm just a believer in that we were raised up, you know, for such a time as this. You know what I mean? I wasn't born in the slavery. I wasn't born 400 years ago. I wasn't born in the Jim Crow. Um, and as I examine those things and our people have overcome so uh, eloquently and uh, I'm not I'm not afraid. I'm not alarmed. I'm 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 more determined uh, to fight for righteousness. So I see all these things going on. And yes, it's, it really does hurt the heart. But I've been raised up for such a time as this. Amen. And, I, I, and see, that's how I look at it. And I'm not going to just be beaten back and, and, and turn away. And these people want to turn off the TV. You know, you can turn off the TV if you like. I know sometimes you need to unplug from some of that. But I get I get more motivated because I know, man, I gotta work harder for the Lord. I gotta train up some of these young men. I gotta help these young men get on the right path. I need to have some people infiltrate these police departments. I need to have successful black people so we can go in and buy the land and, and kick these races off the land. See, that's how I see the vision is that, that these poor white people who don't understand us don't want to allow us to live properly. We want to buy their land and, and move them to a different place. They're going to they're gonna have to deal with us from a landlord perspective because they're going to have to respect us. So I just see that type of vision because when you really look at it, Curtis, we really only had our some of our rights since 1964, so we're not even a hundred years in having all of our freedoms. So we've a lot of progress. So I'm excited about what God is doing for us because this seclusion has caused us to fortify ourselves with God. So 
Um, I'm just energized. Um, I do have my down moments. But as I continue to pray and think about it, God continues to energize me uh, for the battles that lie ahead because I just believe that my children and, and all the young men that I mentor are going to have a better life. Amen. My daughter told me, she's like, look, my generation is going to do it. Amen. We are going to do it. She's 17 years old. I was like, you know what? They are doing something. How can I help? Yeah, this is different. Even Angela Davis said this is different this time. That she felt like in all her civil rights activism, that this time there's something different. Yeah, um, uh, that's going on, and our young people are—they're not taking it anymore. You know, they—they're standing up and standing firm. Yeah, and see, I'm built for this. Why? Because I don't have to lead anything. I'm just—I'm right. just a counselor. I'm a support. See, mm -hmm. so many people get caught up in wanting to have their name on the billboard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey. Put a young person up there and we'll advise him or her. Right, exactly. We got some phenomenal sisters that's doing some phenomenal work. Right. Um, and so we need to advise them. And, we, and then we have to have the faith to let them do it their way. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest challenge. You know, I challenge myself, you know, yeah. let the generation do it their way. We just have to support them and guide them and give them advice. And then they can decide whether they want to take it or not. But I believe they can do it. Yeah, I do. I feel like they can too. So I'm excited. You see all those things. See, this is why I'm so excited because I see a generation that's ready to mm -hmm. kick all this racism to the curb. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're not gonna stand for it. Well, want to welcome Natasha Hartford and uh, Sandra Jeffrey to the show. Sandra actually sent the statement in. She says, "Sadly, the safety and welfare of residents is not included in the strategy plan of these warehouse." You're right. We must oh, yeah. stand and stop it. Yes, we need to. And mm -hmm. that's why we're inviting everyone to please sign the petition, mm -hmm. sign it, let's that. work together, stop it. Just imagine if you just purchase a home in this beautiful neighborhood and you tell they're going to do phase two and three, but now they're bringing in a warehouse and they're canceling out phase two and three. That don't make sense. So. Yeah. That's a theory they always do, though. You know, they present it one way and then it turns, you know, and it's trickery. Yeah. So. But I, I, mean, I believe the devil is a lie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's a liar. Yes, sir. And, you know, God, God is in it. So, you know, you'll get the victory. Right. Most definitely. You know, you'll definitely get the victory. Well, I definitely appreciate both of you for taking time out of your schedule yeah, and coming on. Um, you know, I love you, brother. You know that. I love you too, man. And, oh, thank you, Kirby, very much for giving me the opportunity. Love you too, love you too Miss Kincaid. And Miss mm -hmm. Kincaid, please give people your information for they can get in contact with you and mm -hmm. for uh, they need counseling. And let them know about down. <laughs> <laughs> let them know about about the insurance yourself. Now, I always tell people, look, if you are working, go to your HR, ask them about the EAP. Correct. EAP, you can get counseling for free. Mm -hmm. And they may tell you you can't, but yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, the employee assistant program. So Amen. you can get counseling free for you, yes, you can. and your family. Miss yes, you Kincaid, if you could give out your information and um, 
I really appreciate it. No problem. And like I said, thank you, Curtis. I want to really thank you for giving me the opportunity to come in here and come here and dialogue with you. Um, it's always a privilege um, to come on and, you know, just like I said, just hang with you for a little while. Um, my name is Antoinette Kincaid. I'm in private practice in Grand Prairie. Um, I take several insurances, um, EAPs, as, as, uh, as Curtis says. And, 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 uh, and like you said, you know, we all need mental health. You know, I, I always say that should be an annual um, checkup, our mental health. You know, we, especially in the African-American community, we tend to put that on the back burner. But we need to start um, bringing it forefront, you know. But I do see a big difference, you know, from when I started to now. I do see um, more people of color um, coming to therapy, you know, um, with their EAPs or, or not, you know, willing to, knowing that there's something that they need some help with or just something that's not right, you know, and, and, and just need some assistance, you know. And I always tell them it's a journey, you know, it's your journey, you know, and I, I'm just helping guide, you know, um, I'm just helping them guide. I'm just helping be a guide on your journey. And so um, my telephone number is 214-668-7051. Uh, my email address is transitions with a S316 at gmail.com. And um, I would love to have you as a client. And I love what I do. Counseling is my passion. I know it's God's gift to me 100%. And the community needs it. Yeah. And she's actually good. So I would think Jerry is the counselor, but they both hand in hand, they're gonna focus strictly on you. On what you're doing wrong. They're not gonna they're not gonna pick sides. So we do not pick sides. <laughs> um, we do not pick sides. We are biased. <laughs> and Jerry, I don't know if you heard me before I brought you in. I told you, told everybody about the um uh, when we first got married, I called you. I was like, "Man, I'm I'm done with this. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm I'm pouring my heart out." Jerry said, "So what you do?" Exactly. I'm like, "Man, you my friend. It's not about me. It's about her." No. <laughs> what about you? you? What about you? you? So, what God said before you look at the um, speck in someone else's eye, look in the plank in yours. Right. <laughs> I say that all the time to my clients, you know, because they tend to always point the finger, you know, with somebody else, but never look internally, you know. Right. Yeah, always. Yeah. And that's the key. You got you got to look internally. Stop looking at other people. Oh, yeah. We got to behold ourselves in order, you know, in order to function. Yeah. You know, and, and we always looking at other people, but, you know, we, we got to work on being whole ourselves, making ourselves whole. Yeah, exactly. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, Miss Kincaid, I, Thank I, you. I'm trying to, trying to. I'm gone. <laughs> I want to be my time. I worked, I came here, you saw me eating and. <laughs> hey, those greens look good though. I'm like, I'm eating Curtis before we go home and sat down. Well, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Reverend. Nice meeting you too, Miss I'm a great friend of um, Friendship West. Always had, have been. Yeah. And have right. many, many, many services there. Praise Thank you so much. You know, I love my pastor. 
You know what I mean? Because it's a lot of churches doing a lot of great things. Yeah. And, 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 and ours is. And, and really, honestly and truly, this um, Saturday, our church will be handing out fresh produce and vegetables um, from 9 to 11. That's um, Cornerstone Baptist Church, 5415 Matlock Road in Arlington. And that's um, a phenomenal ministry now. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. a phenomenal ministry. Yes, yeah. I, I, I know about Cornerstone. Yeah, so we will. Reverend um, Dwight McKissick is our pastor. Yes, I'm very you know, Cornerstone. He's a, a very close friend of, of Pastor Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. That is a phenomenal yeah. ministry. It is. I, I will tell you, if they, people don't know, go see. That's that's they do some work. Oh yeah, and we'll, we'll be out there on Saturday, um, mm-hmm. handing out fresh produce and vegetables. So it is and it's open to the community. You know, you don't have to. You know, um have a low income or just anybody that wants some fresh produce and um, vegetables, just come on out. And could you get an address again? In case um, it's, it's Cornerstone Baptist Church, 5415 Matlock Road, Arlington, Texas, 76018. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Curtis. Thank you so much for having me on. And, and nice meeting you, Rev. Okay. Nice meeting you. Miss Kincaid, yeah. you're always welcome to come back. Well, <laughs> I try to try to mix it up, so yeah, I know. I know. To me, I know. I have, I yeah. have you on every show. <laughs> that'd be selfish. <laughs> no. I want to beat up <laughs> by my colleagues. <laughs> well, yeah, I try to try to split it around, so I definitely appreciate it. And uh, thank you, thank y'all again, and y'all have a great evening. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, brother. I appreciate you for coming on. Also, um, other than that, if it's anything else you have on your mind about some of the stuff that's going on, some of the things that you may be um, um, come across, because I know you're dealing with kids a lot, and this. Well, of course, right now you're not able to see them, but the changes that you may see in some of the kids when it first started, when you, you were able to meet and stuff like that. Um, hard the young boy, young man's hanging on during this time. Well, I think, you know, we just, we, we, we're addressing them, you know, uh, right in front of them. I mean, like bluntly, because I think, you know, if you, to think that kids don't understand uh, some of what's going on, you know, I know when I grew up, a lot of things were hidden from me. A lot of, a lot of my parents didn't tell a lot about, you know, different things of the day. But um, in this day, well, all these kids have cell phones, on Google and everything on Facebook. I mean, eight, nine and 10 years old on Facebook uh, with accounts, with phones. So uh, we really deal with things just straightforward with them and make sure that we try to uh, deal with their anger, deal with their hurt. Um, they don't understand racism. Some of these kids just don't understand that they go to school with kids of all races. And so they just can't even comprehend uh, truly what's going on um, and with all this hatred uh, that they see, you know, um, just the question, you know, why, why do they hate us? You know what I mean? And, and it's, a, it's a question that, you know, really I can't answer. Um, but, but what I can tell them is, is that, um, you know, Brother Jerry is doing everything I can. Uh, to help change this world. So that's why I'm training you, because when I can't do, I want you to do. Uh, So those are the things, again, folks focusing in on self. um, We just cannot control the actions of others. But what we can control is how we 
turn this thing around and, and you in a young age have an opportunity to, to turn it around. So uh, that's really how we deal with these kids. You just have to really approach everything wide open because they already know there's no sense in you pretending like they don't. Um, but then you have to give them a vision for a better world that what you see in some of your friends and how y'all function truly is correct. Um, is just a lot of older people have a lot of issues and we need to work it out, but you have the opportunity to be different. So you and your friends should be different. Um, and don't get mad at the world. Don't, don't, don't hate the world. Don't hate white people. Don't hate Hispanics. Don't hate police officers. They're bad in everything. And so we're looking to you to change this. So that's how you really have to deal with them. It's just, you have to encourage them to see the, you know, the brighter side of things. And, but that's really how I look at these. I look at things from a perspective of, um, you know, what do you see? It's always ministry to me is that if God has given me eyes to see and ears to hear. That means I need to work on it. That means I need, I, that means I have a contributing to it. It's like when you started on a mission, the first thing I always say, well, what do you see? You know, a lot of people, you know, they drive past, they don't see the homeless. Uh, they don't see the VIPs. They don't see the people on the streets. But for some reason, my eyes were open and I saw them everywhere. And so that, that was my calling to men and women who are on the streets. And, my calling today is to boys and men to help them get on the right track. So if you're really in-depthly in seeing these things from God's perspective, uh, then God is calling you to raise up and be a, a beacon of light in this dark world. Amen. Amen. That's, you just said a whole bunch right there. You, <laughs> you preached the sermon. <laughs> so and I know, I know personally for myself and I tell you this all the time. I I appreciate you. I love you for the simple fact that the the impact you had on my life and it's it been amazing because when I first came to Friendship West, I was I was struggling. Yeah. I was struggling. I was toe up from the flow up and but the love that you showed me, um Lonnie uh, Missy, Toria, Orion, um, even Pastor Stevens uh, and Pastor Monica, uh, they all just embraced that ministry. And that ministry was built on serving, um, going out, serving the, the VIPs. Yeah. And when you out there, serving and seeing that somebody have it worse than what you're going through it you will have a complete different outlook on life so i appreciate you i know a lot of people may tell you all the time they appreciate you and some people may never say thank you well i want to tell you thank you <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> because you are a big part of my life um and the impact you have because there's no telling where I may be today hmm. if it wasn't for meeting you 17, 18 years ago. Well, so, you're a wonderful servant. You know, I, I'm, I'm attracted to people that serve, you know, and I don't, I don't know. It just, I, I can put up a whole bunch of stuff for somebody that's willing to serve. And I didn't have to put up anything with you. You just wanted to serve, you know, quietly. We work, work through, you know, our personal challenges and situations, but the, the key is just serve. And then you find out that in service, there is some release of all the other tensions that you have in your life. So, um, I mean, you, you've inspired me because sometimes it gets frustrating on along the way. So when you have people that 
willingly serve and I'm always there. You don't have to call them one of like whether they're going to be there because you know sometimes people just don't show up when you're doing ministry. And but I knew uh, you know Curtis Callahan was going to be there uh, no matter what. So um, just based on those things, man, you know you help inspire me to keep pushing forward. You you would be surprised how many times I came in so frustrated. Uh, but sometimes you just you can't. Then you can't lash out. You know, you know that's always my motto. Don't come in here lashing out at these people because they already got too many issues and you can't lash out at them. So sometimes I came in with my own issues. Um, it was difficult to set them aside, but that working with you and working with Lonnie and Misty um, and all the rest of our friends, that it, it allowed me to set aside a lot of issues I had myself. So uh, just I want to just say thank you. So don't don't dismiss your effect that you've had on my life also. Yeah, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, just like Miss Kincaid, I'm gonna be mindful of your time too. I know you've been busy on the front line all day. Um, I'm gonna try to get a show together um, pretty soon with couples, and I I may try to do a series where uh, couples can come on and talk about some of the issues that they dealt with when they first got married and where they are today. I know you have a lot of knowledge. You've been married for 25 years. And um, got a great wife. Exactly. Um, and we have several other, other couples that we know that have been married a long time, too. So I may try to do that once a week because it may be a couple that's listening to us that may be thinking about getting married. And they need some guidance to say, you know what? If they can go through this and they've been together for 25 years, just because we get upset at each other, we can still make it too. Oh, yeah. So, and we're going on 13 years this year. Wow. Praise the Lord. That's beautiful. If you would have asked me, (laughs) you would have asked me 14 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, I would have been like, nah, I won't be married that long. But, hey, but I. I can change too. So, and by being around uh, Reverend Jerry, I see the way that he communicates with his wife. So it gave me a spirit of peace and not to just get upset um, at every little thing. Um, then also have to look at our pastor. They've been married for, I don't know exactly how long they've been married, but that's a good example. Uh, yeah. Martin, Martin and Felicia Kemp. Yeah. Another good uh, couple to. Yeah, about 33 years. years. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lauren Jerome Dawson. They just made 24 years. Yeah. So um, Mike and Julie, I want to say they're like Mike and Julie Duncan. Um, they in their 20s also, I believe. So mm-hmm. um, it's good to have couples around that you can actually um, look at that been married a long time and be able to follow in a footstep. And not only that, you never know who's paying attention to you. So the way that you treat your wife, the way that uh, you communicate with her, someone is always watching. Oh, no doubt. So I I definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Ralph Holly. What's going on, man? Um, from Black. Oh, what's um, up, Holly? <laughs> yeah, he just tuning in. 
Um, but I really appreciate you for uh, taking the time out tonight. Send me the information. I will put it on Facebook. Okay. Um, please sign this petition. Sign it. It's important because if you just purchased a house two years ago and they had a plan set up, which if I'm not mistaken, they have to plan it out before they even start building. Right. And then they change it. That's not good. So uh, definitely sign a petition and let's put a stop to it. Uh, Maybe some big companies, but we have someone who had the last and had the last word on the situation. So, um, but I appreciate everyone for listening tonight. Uh, Please tune in every Monday night and Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Periscope, Twitter. Um, So definitely follow us. You can live chat with us during the show. If you have a question about something we're talking about, I normally go back through and read all the all the chat, and I will uh, respond to you. If you don't want to chat in the chat room and you want to talk about something that we talked about tonight, you can email me at who you with Kurt Dog at mail dot com. That's who you with Kurt Dog at mail dot com. W H O, the letter U, W I T H C U R T D O G at mail.com, all together. Other than that, I appreciate each and every one of you for, for uh, tuning in tonight. Until next time, I will be doing a show tomorrow too because it's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, get off my chest. So I will do a show tomorrow night. Um, so definitely tune in tomorrow and until then, I will see you tomorrow night, 8 PM central time. I appreciate you for listening. I love each and every one of you till next time. Peace. God bless.